Hi, this is Paul Puckett. You are listening to Getting There. Getting There is the money show that focuses on your life. Why? Well, because your life and your time are infinitely more valuable than your money. But sometimes the money issue gets in our way, whether we have too little, just right. How many of you think you have just right? That's I rarely bump into anybody who thinks they have exactly what they need. Or more than you really need. Money can get in the way. And so there's a couple of different reasons why... Focusing on life will help you with money issues. First of all, as I just said, your life is more important. Second of all, sometimes when we get to thinking about money, we get caught up in things that we've been taught, things that we learned on our own, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously. And the, the, the best way to address those things that we need to unlearn, unlearn, is to, to go at it from a different angle um, so that we think about it differently. And then we realize, oh, wow, I've had this concept in my head. And, um, you know, now it's, it's, it turns out maybe it's not the right concept. How do I unlearn it? Um, just so you know, since this is radio, not um, uh, TV or something, the, um, the door just swung open slightly. And I'm pleased that my marketing director, Harry, the McNabb Cattle Dog has now joined the broadcast. Um, uh, Harry uh, doesn't look talkative today, so we're not going to put him on the mic. But that makes me think about the focus I also have on the show on music and on nature, specifically in this case on nature. What do you think about when you go for a walk in the woods, when you go for a walk really anywhere? Um, I would love to record the show outside all the time, but 90% of the time I try that, somebody decides to mow their lawn. Um, a truck comes flying through where no one would expect a truck. The wind hits the microphone. You know, nature is not necessarily as quiet as we think it is. But compared to a big street downtown, uh, nature seems to be at least more peaceful. Now, at the new place where I actually have a little room, it's it's really a guest bedroom, but I can set up and record in here. I can keep it fairly quiet. And on the back of the house, um, there's a, a, well, they call them a lanai. Now, I'm originally from Polk County, Florida, and lanai just, it sounds more like some method of barbecuing a pig. You know, we're going to, we're going to have lanai for dinner. Um, so I would say it's a back porch. And sometimes, early in the morning, I'll sip espresso out there, um, or any time during the day, I might choose to be out there um, as opposed to sitting in the air conditioning when I'm working. And I find it very peaceful to see the trees moving in the breeze. We live on a golf course, and you know, occasionally you hear the, um, well explosion of verbiage that somebody might have when they hit a bad shot from the tee box, which is literally right in front of me when I'm sitting there. But overall, it's nice and quiet and peaceful. 
this particular club is in a um, semi-rural area. So it's um, close to the cities, but it's not in them. So it's, it's fairly quiet. And the, the jets, um, we're not in their pattern that, that fly into the uh, airports that are close by. There are three of them where I can see the jets going to those airports, but I can't actually hear them. So for the most part, it's very, very quiet. And you find yourself feeling relaxed. And you find yourself just enjoying the peace and the quiet. What you're listening to happened the other night when I was in deep thought, doing some research on my computer. That was the sound of four a family of four, mom, dad, two kids, sandhill cranes. And no matter how loud I try to put that into um, the radio for you, you cannot possibly, unless you've heard them, fathom how loud they actually are. Now, they're beautiful birds. Um, they, they, they're similar in size to a great blue heron. Um, they have a bright red um, spot or band on the top of their head and and they're beautiful birds but I have to tell you between Harry and I um, they can definitely um, um, motivate you if you're looking for peace and quiet to come back inside to the air conditioning Um, on the other hand it's really sort of fun to just sit out there and listen to them Um, I, I actually recorded that so I could play it back over a big bluetooth speaker and see how they reacted and it didn't take maybe 30 seconds before I had a family of four Sandhill cranes gathered um, just outside the building. I'm on the second floor, so it, it, they weren't actually on top of me on the line. But at any rate, just thought I'd start out with some humor today, since what I'm going to be asking you to do is, well, consider your cons- concepts, consider your understanding, consider your thoughts on what exactly do brokers and advisors do? This is where we shift a little bit to money. And, you know, I think that's okay for us to consider things that we've already learned because, well, when it comes to life, life is for learning. So 
Marvin Gaye, back in 1981, Life is for Learning. And today's show, really that's going to be the theme, is it's all about learning. We, we need to sometimes take a position on things, and we want to make sure when we do, that position is correct, that position is right. And the problem with investing is where did you get your information? What have you already learned that maybe is not accurate? Um, it's not medicine. It's, it's, and even medicine, they have to occasionally say, well, I'll give you a good example. Growing up, my mom was always fascinated with healthy eating, obsessed with it, I would say. And, um, you know, all of a sudden there was no butter. All we had was margarine because margarine was the healthy choice. Today, if you're as old as I am, you remember when margarine was the healthy choice. But if you were born, say, in the mid-90s, you may have never known that people actually thought partially hydrogenated, man-made, synthetic processed fat was better for you than, for instance, olive oil, or real butter, for that matter. Interesting. Different time periods where we think we know something, and it turns out later, that, well, we didn't. Um, another example I can think of along those lines um, is... You know, when, you, when you've been in the industry as long as I have, I'm coming up on 30 years, I've worked with people from a lot of different generations because I was a trust officer. I worked a lot with senior citizens in the 90s. And some of them were the children of, or and one actually was, from the Great Depression era. And they have this thing in their head where only an idiot would invest in the stock market. Uh, the stock market means the loss of everything you own and a probable suicide to them. And, of course, that's not what it actually means, but you can't really blame them for feeling that way after what they saw during the Great Depression back in 1929. So, today, there's less people alive that can actually remember the Great Depression. As a matter of fact, some of those that were alive might remember what was happening during it, but they were probably little kids and not investors. Most people were not investors back then. So there, there are things that you need to consider. And the reason I thought of this is I was chatting with a, a very intelligent uh, businessman, now retired, and we were chatting about investing. He's firing his stockbrokers, right? And it, it, it made me realize that, well, what do you think a stockbroker or a financial advisor, as they're now known, registered representative, when I say that word, what do you picture? Well, 
what you may picture what you learned watching TV as you were growing up or as an adult. Um, if I were to say the phrase, when blank speaks, everyone listens. When blank speaks, everyone listens. You would probably immediately know if you're age 40 or over. Well, when E.F. Hutton talks, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everyone listens. Of course, E.F. Hutton, the brokerage firm, has been not even around for years. It, it merged into and was acquired by another broker-dealer. What about, um, this isn't investing, but if I say you're in good hands, I bet you know who that is. Um, like a good neighbor. Hmm? So the marketing is great for the companies that do the marketing because we remember who they are and we hopefully go and hire them, but... We often learn things that perhaps we need to question because they may not be accurate. So we're going to do on today's show, hopefully without making you feel like I think you're nuts. I don't. Um, I think all of us, to a certain degree, um, are simply the products of what we've been exposed to and what we haven't, sometimes more importantly. We're going to take a brief break. I bet you know what I want, and then we'll be right back. Hi, this is Paul Puckett. As you may know, I love coffee. My friends would tell you I don't love coffee. It's an obsession, and not just any coffee. Espresso. If you're in the Bradenton area, one of the jewels of Bradenton is Old Main Street, and you'll find a coffee shop, B-Town Coffee, with a great alley and awnings and fans to keep you cool in the summer and in the shade, free Wi-Fi, and quite frankly, the best hot dog in town. Stop by. You'll enjoy B-Town Coffee. Before we get too far on the show, um, perhaps a little disclosure um, is is appropriate. Um, first of all, for those of you who've never listened, I love espresso, but this is an educational show. So any commercial, so-called commercial you hear on the show, particularly if it's in my voice, is purely intended as a public service to my listeners who might be visiting or living in Manatee County. And if you're visiting and you've never been down to Old Main Street, B-Town Coffee, my favorite place, if you look at the number of times I go there, would be B-Town Coffee. But there's lots of great restaurants and bars and places to hang out on Old Main Street. And it has an old-time feel. But this is an educational show. I'm your host, Paul Puckett. I am also an investment advisor representative of Q1 Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm based in Virginia Beach, Virginia, serving clients in Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. And here in Florida, where I'm a native and currently live, I'm an independent life insurance agent serving clients in Florida and Virginia. Everything you hear on this show is intended as general information or something you might want to think about or life advice, but it's not intended for you to decide, hey, I listen to Paul on the radio. I'm going to do exactly what he says from an investment standpoint, even though he has no clue who I am or how much money I have. Sort of need to know those things before I can make specific recommendations. If you're looking for a professional and you happen to be in Southwest Florida or Southeastern Virginia, feel free to call me at 941 275 Four five five six, or go to my website www.ppucket.com. P p u c k e t t 
com. Okay, we have the disclosure and semi-commercial out of the way for who, it is, who I am and what I do. Theme of today's show, life is for learning, but sometimes we need to unlearn things that we have learned. Maybe it's in times like these we need to broaden our thoughts and be willing to consider that we should reconsider some of the things that we believe.
It's times like these you give and give again It's times like these you learn to love again It's times like these time and time again And that was the Foo Fighters, F-O-O, Foo Fighters, I'm sure you've heard of them. Times like these, times like these, which is probably a phrase you could use at any time, depending on what's going on and what you're going through personally. Getting back to the topic of today's show, life is for learning, and in times like these, it's always a good time to learn. So, what does a broker do? What have they done historically, and how has their job changed? And so the fellow tells me I've fired my brokers. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my mind. Um, now that's not knocking brokers. I want you to understand there's some very good brokers out there and there are people that are best served by brokers. And that's not necessarily a matter of their wealth. It's a matter of what they're looking for. Here's what a broker's main purpose is. Well, it's to sell for the broker dealer, but when it comes to serving their clients and you can do both, When it comes to serving their clients, the broker's main job is to make their clients aware of different products, different stocks, different whatever it is they're following, to make them aware of a buying opportunity or a selling opportunity for something they already own. It's transaction-driven, meaning a broker typically, and this this fellow told me this is why he got rid of his brokers, he says, look, you know, I meet with them, they they call me, and hey, this is a great opportunity, and... You know, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But when I look at most of it, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything done. I mean, one of the guys gives me good um, recommendations. But, you know, I'd rather just do it myself. Okay? Well, it made me realize, this is what I want to communicate today, that I think we, we, we misinterpret in our own mind what is the purpose of a stockbroker. And I think most people would say to help their clients manage their money. No. To help their clients invest, yes. But really more to offer investments that fit the client's risk tolerance. Now, we've talked about risk tolerance on the show before. Risk tolerance was originally created by the federal government to protect investors from professionals who might place them in something that's beyond their tolerance for risk, their ability to handle losses. So it had a very good purpose, had an absolutely solid purpose, no question. In the end, what did it actually accomplish? People who don't know anything about investing or know a little bit about investing or worse, what they do know is inaccurate, provide a financial professional with what they believe their risk tolerance is based on what they know about investing in themselves so that the broker can then sell them something that fits what may be a very inaccurate or inappropriate risk tolerance so that the broker is protected if it doesn't work. So risk tolerance questionnaires, for the most part, are not intended, well, they may be intended to protect you, but in reality, they protect the professional. If you indicate to a broker that you are conservative, then the broker is going to place you in conservative investments such as bond funds. 
which by the way, currently have more risk in my opinion and many professionals opinion than the stock market does. And partially because bond markets don't necessarily recover quickly. We've had umpteen years of falling rates where bond funds have done very well. Well, welcome to the world of probable rising interest rates where bonds do not do well. I say that every show because it still boggles my mind if you pull the data how much money is flowing into bond funds. Google it. It's available on sites like Morningstar.com, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg. The money that's moving into a, a relatively, well, actually a really low interest return yield and high principal risk is just mind-boggling to me. It really is. So the, the broker is protected by the risk tolerance questionnaire, makes recommendations. You know, and some of it is very valid. Understand, I am not, if you're a broker and you're listening to this and you're mad at me, you're not hearing me. Recommendations from brokers and the analysis of those brokerage firms on the companies they may, may recommend if you're a stock trader, um, or even if you're, you're in mutual funds, brokerage firms have a boatload of analysis, most of which is very solid. So if you're a client who wants to make your own decisions, you want to manage your own money, and you want to have a professional to give you tips and suggestions on different products that are available, and you don't mind paying a commission for those, broker, that's financial advisor, that's where you should be. Now, I said the word commission. I said the word commission. And that's because, generally speaking, generally speaking, is that accurate? No. A pure financial advisor and registered representative 100% of the time is working on commission. There's a lot of stuff out there on you shouldn't pay commissions. If that's true, I'd suggest you not buy a car. Don't buy any houses. Um, I, I think you can probably get a tent with no commission. You could live in one of those. Listen, there's nothing wrong with people being compensated for what they do. The issue is... Do you know about the compensation? And do you know as a percentage of what you're doing, well, you know, how much are you spending? Is there a better way to do it? Or are they worth what you're paying? If they're worth what you're paying, why would you complain about a commission? So I'm not one of those investment advisors. That's those of us who charge a fee to manage money. Who's going to tell you you should never pay commission? If, if that were true, I couldn't be a life insurance agent because almost all insurance, long-term care, fixed annuities, variable annuities, but I never recommend variable annuities. Don't like them. Um, disability insurance, um, life insurance, all of those are commission products. And there's nothing wrong with that inherently. It's do you know what it is? Do you know what the amount is? Do you know why it's being charged? How it might affect, for instance, on a fixed annuity, some of the higher commission products are going to offer you a slightly lower return. Or, in most cases, a higher commission product is going to be from a lower quality company. When it comes to all insurance, quality is extremely, extremely important. You know what? I think it's time for a little music education combined with what we're doing here. Because I need well, here's what I need to unlearn. Any concept that a broker or an investment advisor, brokers are also called financial advisor, 
Any concept that financial advisors and brokers are specifically there to manage money. They may be if they're also an investment advisor. But I think most people don't know the difference between stockbrokers, i.e. financial advisors, and investment advisors. There's a massive difference. Not necessarily in which one you should choose, but in what they're there to do and what you're paying them to do. Okay, the music educational moment. What I find interesting, what I love about doing this show, is I often have no clue what I'm going to do on the show until I'm either in the process of of producing the show or really, really close. But it all seems to fall together. Well, I was looking for songs about learning, and I saw a Tom Petty song I played on the show before. I'm about to play it now. Because there were two other songs with the exact same title done by different artists. So let's start out with one of my dreams as a child. I always wanted to be a pilot. Here's Tom Petty's Learning to Fly. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Started out all alone. And the sun went down as I crossed the hill. And the town lit up. The world gets still I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down Is the hardest thing Well the good old days May not return Rocks might melt And the seed may burn I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down Is the hardest thing Clouds, but what? Go- 
Different artists might have the same or very similar title to a song, but a different interpretation. Tom Petty's is learning to fly is about life. It's about being a kid with no wings and going down a dirt road where it all started to the city with all these lights and where landing is the hardest thing. Lots of different interpretations you can make of any song. I'm just, that appears to be Tom Petty's talking about how life works and that we we learn things. And, and again, I'm, I'm dancing around it a little bit, but what I want you to unlearn, what I want you to unlearn is, or actually, you know what? I don't want you to unlearn anything. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to question every single thing. Start with the big ones. You believe about investing and then look for validation. If you find invalidation, you might want to reconsider what you think. Where do you not look, by the way? Where would I not suggest? Well, don't necessarily go talk to all your friends about how they do it. Don't necessarily trust any particular professional on what they do. Just sit down, have a moment of peace and quiet, hopefully without the sandhill cranes. And think about, why do I believe anything? That I should be in bonds when I know that when interest rates go up, they lose value. That I shouldn't be in the stock market because I could lose everything. That I should put all my money in gold because Trump won and we all know the economy's going you know where. Um, the, The concepts we have just occasionally need to be questioned. And if you can't answer a question, then you chat with a professional and make sure they make sense to you. You should certainly be able to understand them. And hopefully, um, actually sort of a, a requirement in my opinion, you'll be able to tell they can understand you. That way you guys can communicate and communication in this industry is really critical. All right, so that was Tom Petty's learning to fly. Let's do another learning to fly and see how the same artist, I'm sorry, a different artist interprets the same exact title. This one, Foo Fighters Learn to Fly. Running to 
and learn to fly don't start you off at the beginning of their life. They're already adults. They're already, well, I mean, Tom Petty was an adult when he did the song, but I'm talking about the lyrics here. Harry was giving me a look like, how did you get there? You don't think my dog talks to me? Hmm. At any rate, the Foo Fighters, already adults, they want to make their way back home to, to learn to fly. Key line to me in that song is how do they do that? How do they recommend you do that? 
They notice they want to be hooked up to a new revolution because the old one didn't work. The course says, I'm looking for complications. Now, you might interpret that to mean they'd like some complications. I don't think so. And even if that is what they meant, here's what I think you take away from that. The things that you think you know that maybe you really don't. Sometimes I speak in ways that are so hard to understand. The concepts, perhaps, you need to relearn or unlearn and learn something new are often found by looking for complications in your life. Disconnects. You know, if you believe something works a certain way and it doesn't regularly, perhaps it's not something else. Perhaps it's your understanding that needs to change. Oh boy, I love dancing on the edges of subjects that might make you feel like I think you are, well, not as smart as you are. So to make it very, very clear, everybody is smart. We just don't all behave that way. Why? Well, because we're not rational. We're human beings. We're occasionally rational and occasionally not. Boy, if that doesn't indicate a time for a little break, here we go. Paul Puckett, your host, this time talking about two books that I've written. Investophobia, Overcome Your Deepest Investment Fears, is intended to assist you in learning that there isn't an investment product or an investment strategy out there to prevent you from having fear. Nope. Fear is a separate animal. You need to be able to invest without fear. You need to be able to live without fear. Investophobia is available at Amazon.com, as well as a much shorter guide called Retirement Income Lock. Retirement Income Lock is designed, whether you live in my market area or not, to give you the tools you need to avoid the coming collapse of bond market funds. It's not that far away, but it won't happen in one day. It's going to take place over a period of years, more than likely. So, You don't have to do anything today, but you may want to do it sooner rather than later. In a short 60 pages, we'll explain to you what you might want to talk to your own financial professional about. Retirement Income Lock and Investophobia, both available at Amazon.com, or you can visit my website, www.ppucket.com, for more information. Okay, is, is it really a break if you still have to listen to my voice? If I were you, I would be asking that question. Well, it was a break for me. Okay, learning to fly, learn to fly. Different artists interpreting the same song. And, we, and yet, we hear a different style of music because each artist is a different style. We hear a different interpretation or meaning behind what they mean when they say learning to fly. Which, by the way, the reason I find that fascinating is not that it's different. It's that each one can stand on its own, or we can look at them all together and go, isn't it interesting how we see things differently? Have you ever been in a high school, probably, class, possibly college class, and probably in psychology or sociology, but you never know. Um, A good English teacher might pop it somehow into their subject matter. And the exercise is you take a group of people, 
and they sit in a circle where everyone has somebody on their left and on their right, nobody in front of or behind them. It's a circle. And the teacher will pick one person in that circle and lean over and tell them something and say, say that to the person on your right. Perhaps they'll say, tell the person on your right, oh, I don't know, pick something. Um, the sky is blue and it's raining in Guatemala. And it'll go around the circle. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. Let's say it's a circle of 10 people. By the time it gets to the 10th person, it won't be exactly what was sent by the first person, by the teacher of the first person. And it may be completely different. And that's because we're all different. We hear things differently. We see things differently. We interpret things differently. We learn different things. But when it comes to money, well, more is better. And what I want you to have is not more money than you need. Hey, that'd be great. I'd rather you have more money than you need than not enough. What I want you to have is comfort with what you have. And if you're not comfortable, the ability to fix the problem. The ability to fix that problem so that eventually you will. Now, the younger you are, the more time you have, but the more important it is that you start. Actually critical that you start. Okay, so, so far we've heard Tom Petty, learning to fly, Foo Fighters, learn to fly. Let's see how Pink Floyd interpreted the same song title.
unheeded warnings, I thought I thought of everything. Now, you could probably listen to that song four or five times. That's towards the beginning or first course. Pink Floyd looks at the song as they actually talk about flying. If you go look at the lyrics, they talk about everything. Well, not everything, but they talk about knowing your fuel level and ice forming on the wingtips. They're actually talking about an airplane in the song, but that's not the message of the song. Nope, no, no. The message of the song is similar to Tom Petty and Foo Fighters. The message of the song is, hey, don't you want to fly rather than being earthbound, as they put it in the Pink Floyd song? For trivia, I love all three songs. But if you were to make me pick, I'd have to go with Pink Floyd because, as you may know, love electric guitar. And part of the thing I love about doing music on the show is it reminds me of albums. Yes, I have albums. Well, they're now electronic, but anyway. That are from the 70s and 80s and prior that are really good and worth listening to. I'm due for a business trip, and it might be nice to hear some good music while I'm driving. Okay, we're coming up towards the end of the show, so I, I don't know that I covered this topic as much as I wanted to, of what brokers do, which makes it very appropriate for you to choose them, and what they don't do, which is basically money management. That's the realm of investment advisors. But since I brought up commissions for brokers, if you're a broker and you're listening to the show and you're like, I'm turning him off, before you turn me off, a lot of investment advisors for, that lobbied for this really poorly done Department of Labor fiduciary rule, which is probably going to go bye-bye with the transition of power um, to the Republican Party, the purpose was to protect retired investors from the commissions charged by stockbrokers. It was pushed and lobbied for by many investment advisors who on smaller accounts charge a ridiculously high fee, much more than you would pay in commissions over time. So I called it the Department of Labor Retirement Investor Impoverishment Rule. I'll be glad if it goes away, and that's in spite of the fact that technically I should benefit from the rule. I'm an investment advisor representative. I'm a fiduciary. Fiduciary means I have to do what's in your best interest. Now, from the regulatory standpoint, insurance agents like stockbrokers are driven by the suitability standard, which means we have to do what's suitable for you. I consider myself a fiduciary no matter what I'm doing. After all, you may bump into me at some point, and if I've done something egregious, basically wrong for you, you might remind me of that. And I would prefer not to have that. I'd prefer, hey, Paul, man, thanks. So, Christmas is coming less than 30 days. Maybe we'll do a little show about not spending too much when you go shopping. Hmm. Unless, of course, you're buying something for me. Just kidding. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Until then, have a great week. Mm-hmm.